This week on the Bearded Mindset Project, the dudes are going to talk about Gap in the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy. This is our first show. Let me explain what we're all about. Myself and the dudes on this show are not experts on any of the topics we discuss. We are a bunch of guys that want to grow and learn how to be content and happy with who we are. All of us are starting at different places, and as we learn and share our experiences with you, we hope that you can relate to some piece of this. But before we continue, I need to explain what a bearded mindset is. It's a term that we created to represent the unique approach to personal success and growth primarily aimed at men. And as crazy as this might sound, this mindset embodies characteristics commonly associated with a well-groomed beard. Resilience, patience, discipline, adaptability, wisdom, and distinction. A well-maintained beard can boost one's self-confidence and self-image. Similarly, the bearded mindset seeks to instill confidence in individuals, helping them believe in their abilities and potential to achieve their goals. Through discussions with the dudes on this show, the Bearded Mindset Project aims to empower men with or without beards to embrace this mindset and unlock their full potential. With that said, let's bring in the dudes and get started. Um, so does anybody want to start us off with a, a big introduction of, of what the, the gap in the gain hit us at the, the top level and, and work us down from there? Sure, I'll hit that up. Um, so the gap in the gain is, is all about um, adjusting your mindset to, to be happy. You know, right towards the beginning of the book, um, they talk about the what um what's his name benjamin franklin thomas <laughs> jefferson thomas jefferson thank you thomas jefferson said about the the pursuit of happiness that happiness shouldn't be something that you're pursuing it's just something that you have and this this the gap in the game is that mindset to help you develop that mindset to just be happy and not have to go find it it's not something you go find it's just something that you have based on your mindset and it's actually pretty simple too isn't it yeah i mean the concept in the book the overarching concept is very simple jd why don't you tell us about it yeah it's in the you know it's the old saying look at the glass half full and that's what they're talking about because I, so easily in life we can be looking to the next thing you know always looking to the next thing and even when we reach our goals we're always looking for that next thing well, all they're doing is saying hey that's awesome to have these goals and work towards them, but takes stop. And instead of measuring how far you are away from that next goal, see how far you've come from the, the, your, where you started. You know, if you get, you know, when you have $10 don't, or you have a $9, don't look at that. Oh, I got $1 to go to 10. I got nine that I didn't have before. That's a pretty simple concept. And, but it's just, it's really just a paradigm shift in a way of looking at yourself in the world. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Chaz, John, do you guys have anything else to add to that? Um, just from the first chapter, I remember the, you know, Thomas Jefferson talking about how like that, that culture that it, it started in the United States is, you know, like the pursuit of happiness has now become that pursuit of, of never ending, you know, can't find the gratification that, that, that we're wanting everyday culture. And Hollywood is probably the, you know, the biggest promoter of that. <laughs> yeah. The never ending 
never reachable attainable goal that that yeah yeah it's hard to get to the interesting thing that i thought in the as it started out as it talks about that 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 goal is maybe not inherently bad but it's just ever changing and i think that's what we struggle with if it was just achieving that one goal and we could be satisfied with it then maybe we wouldn't be so so bad off but the problem is is we achieve that and we think oh i can do more i can do better and so we set a new goal and sometimes i think most time probably we often do this without even realizing we're doing that and and so we're just never satisfied because we're just always chasing this goal that is forever ahead of us so is it just about a state of mind of, of finding happiness or is it about, I mean, how does this relate to setting goals? It relates to setting goals by, by, you know, we have our goals set, but if we're always looking, they, they, they base or sorry, they, uh, they talk about goals as like the horizon. You know, if you're walking towards the horizon, you're never actually going to reach there because the horizon just keeps moving. Right. And so when we're making these, these goals that we're getting to, if we're wanting to continue to progress and grow, we're not just going to achieve one goal and then stop. We're going to make another goal and another goal and another goal to keep us growing, to keep us moving forward. Kind of like the horizon's always out in the distance, but if you're only always looking to the distance and you're never seeing behind you to see how far you've walked, to see how far you've come, then your your whole outlook on everything is you're always at the beginning and never progressing. But if you look backwards and you see everything that you've done and you've accomplished working towards all these different goals that you've been setting, you're going to see this massive change that you've accomplished um, over the time of, of setting and, and trying to achieve those goals. Okay. Let me, let me throw something at you playing a little devil's advocate. Cause like if I wanted to lose 10 pounds and I set that as a goal, you know, I could, I could achieve that. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know as though everybody's going to be sitting there and say, Oh, I lost my 10 pounds. I'm like, Oh, I'm just not happy with that. I really wanted to lose 20 pounds. So explain, what do you mean? Cause it feels like some goals are very, you're going to get there and and it's easy to get there based on what your goals are but then there's others that might be bigger and and is it a goal or is it more the ideal that we're talking about yeah it's the ideal that's what he talks about is that you have this it's not really a set goal it's this ideal that you've made up in your mind and you constantly will augment that ideal when you reach goals and you fit you see how what you you can do that ideal will always be further than that and it's, it's just something that entrepreneurs and he was who he's he's specifically talking to. We do that. I mean, I, I realized I after reading this book, I did this with my business. I was growing it. I was never satisfied, even though I reached these goals that were that seemed outrageous at one point. It's like, OK, well, now what can we do? What we can do is always focusing on the future. And so there's goals, but the goal isn't what he's talking about. He's talking about you're always making that that ideal and pushing it further and further and further away. And it's, it's just where your focus is. It's, it's teaching you to live in the now, man, and to be be present where you are. Because if you're always looking to the future for fulfillment, your your present is going to be empty. Um, and and you know, look back as, yeah. as, a, as a gauge to where you are now. It's, it's, he's, they're really talking about get your attention here and now. Be, be attentive now. Be happy with Yeah, that. that's good. Go ahead. 
Oh, okay. but somebody so, can jump um, in. There. Yeah, I had some. Just when when you're talking, I, I remember they talked about astronauts and how, like, you know, when they started the moon missions, you know, a lot of those astronauts had done these amazing things in their career, learning how to, you know, airplanes were relatively new back in the 50s and, you know, early, early 40s. And, and so that space, aerospace technology developed and they advanced in it. And then they get to the moon, which is like, you know, like, can we even imagine anything greater than that? And even after being there, it was there was this disappointment of like, well, now what? You know, like never being satisfied with with these amazing accomplishments. When if you were to stop and live in that now and look back, you know what what's been accomplished in that, and and you're you're a big part of that. You know, your history, you're making history. Um, yeah, I feel that I, way with. I Boise feel like State. in our in our lives, there's so much of that. Yeah, that we're just like, <laughs> you know, like what what's next? Instead of being like, look at what I've done now. Yeah, totally, totally. I yeah, as sports fans, sometimes we get we get that that locked in. You know, your team gets to that pinnacle of success, and every year after that, you're waiting for them to measure up to that ideal, and it's hard when they don't get there. Uh, you know, it can it can really suck. Um, but that was it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so let's, you know, so we talk about, we talk about the gap and, and the gap itself is when we measure ourselves to the ideal. That's the, the cup is empty side of things. And what are some of the downfalls? What are some of the, the bad outcomes if we live in the gap? Why is that such a bad thing? Never be enough. You'll never have enough if that's where you live. Nothing will ever be enough. Do you think it's that black and white for people? Do you think do you think people are I imagine everybody does a little bit of living on both sides even if they're not completely aware of the principle of the gap and the gain. And some people probably are maybe a little more pessimistic and are always looking to how they don't measure up and some people are more optimistic and and so I imagine naturally we tend to fall into one side or the other. Um but uh but do you think that this mindset and focusing on this will really make a drastic in, in, you know, influence in your life, make a change. But I say, absolutely. I mean, it, it's since reading the book, you know, I'm going through it for my second time right now and always trying to, to, to implement, I catch myself in the gap like every single day, but I'm, <laughs> I'm cognitive of that now. And so now that I'm aware that I'm falling into the gap, I'm able to, adjust my thinking and mindset on whatever I'm in the gap about, whether it's my kids, whether it's money, whether it's work, whether it's my marriage, whatever, you know, I'm able to sit back and, and think about, you know, the, the, the gain side of, of, of it. Cause there's a gain to literally everything in life. You just sometimes have to think outside of the box a little bit to try to come up with what that gain is. Sometimes that can be difficult, but yeah. I know that when I'm, in the gap and I'm not trying to pull myself out and I don't pull myself out of the gap. Um, it's, it's, it's literally like misery. I mean, it's, I, uh, I mean, it can get bad to where it's like depression and anxiety and, and anger and all these, these like really negative emotions, um, depending on what, what the circumstances, um, that's so it super negatively impacts 
your life um, on a mental level to to where you start struggling with that kind of stuff. You know, I was laughing a little bit earlier because uh, Finley came home the other day and she was telling me about how you started getting after Bradley for something and then you stopped and caught yourself about being in the gap and you had this conversation with him about it. And Finley's like, yeah, I know what the gap in the gain is. I mean, she, and we've had those conversations with her, but it's, it's funny to see us because it puts it in the front, right? We're thinking about it. And I can't tell you how many times where I'll stop and think and I'll think about, okay, how is it? You know, I don't feel good about that. How am I in the gap? You know, and I and I think about that ideal that I'm measuring myself to, and it causes me to 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 kind of adjust my thinking, and to try and find a, a better place to be in. But you started talking about, you know, kind of the mental emotional health side of of this kind of thinking, and I've had a lot of family that's that's dealt with anxiety and depression, and can picture discussions with with them and counselors and things like that, and and this really does summarize well taking control of your thoughts and and how you position yourself because depression for example it's like a it's like a the little devil on your shoulder that's sitting there whispering that you're not enough right and telling you and what is he doing he's just completely gap thinking he is just teaching you gap thinking and trying to keep you in that space and that's depression and so if you can learn to 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 recognize that to stop and to to adjust what you're thinking to get into the gain man it really can be life-changing so how do you one do thing, that oh, what i was gonna say one thing that dan dan sullivan pointed out in the commentary on the audiobook is he said even him who's been teaching this for 30 years he doesn't stay in the gain all the time he goes into the gap but it's that recognition you guys are talking about. It's like the when he's sailing a ship, you know, you never are right on point. You're always going back and forth. But as long as you're headed in the right direction, you recognize when you get into the gap and you jump back in the game. Something that came to my mind when hearing those things, I thought of gratitude and greed. Those are the those are kind of the um, two emotions or, or senses that go with each of those. So when you're in the gap, it's more of a it's a selfish like greed, like I need more. And then when you're in the gain, it's like, it's gratitude. You're, you're grateful for who you are, what you've become, what you've attained to this point. And so you can, you, that's another way to measure yourself. What, what am I feeling right now? I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Chaz, were you, were you about ready to, to ask, how do you do yeah. that? Well, yeah, that's, like I'm thinking, that's well, and I, maybe JD answered that because yeah. um, I think gratitude is a, is a phenomenal tool and gift. Um, I just am thinking back to like the last two weeks for me, three weeks. Um, my wife is on bed rest because of some surgery that she had and, and she wasn't healing like she was supposed to. And so the, the doctor put her on bed rest and it just, I, I don't know what it is. It just put me in this terrible mood of not, it's not so much that I'm angry about it. I just am not excited about life and having to, pick up all the slack with the kids and, and with what's going on around the house. And I just been in this funk the last couple of weeks and I don't know. And I know that I'm in a funk. I don't, you know, I don't love being there and I don't, I, I don't know how to get out of that. I don't know how to, how, to, how do you, it, it can't just be a matter of willpower and willing myself out of thinking a certain way or, or can it, but I mean, how do you really change your mentality from the gap to the gain. Well, I think, I say, yeah, go ahead. I'll say the first time I read the book, I started doing what, what do they say? They give you, they give you that formula. 
at the end of the day, that last hour of the day, uh, during that last hour, write down three wins you had for the day. Sometimes you, have, you may have to search, think, oh, what was a win? Like I got in a car accident, figure out how to make it a win, right? Um, you write down three wins for the day, and then you write down three wins that you intend to have tomorrow. And you do that, it, it does. That starts to shift your thinking. I've been doing that for the last week, and it's it's amazing. Those things are actually starting to happen that I wrote down. And and it's like something happens in your subconscious while you're going to sleep that it, it gets you ready for that the next day. And going into that gratitude, like, oh, man, I, I accomplished some, some things today. I'm, I'm grateful for that. It's going, it's, it's going to bed with that gratitude mindset. And it creates the vision for that win too mm -hmm. like the gratitude mm -hmm. mindset and it's just an extension of what you're saying completely but but your mind is ready to win at that point and you wake up expecting nothing less and when that happens the wins start coming more and more and just to build on top of all of that you know it's 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 really a skill to learn too like it's it's not you're just snap your fingers and now all of a sudden you can live in the gain all the time i mean like he was saying like jd was saying earlier Dan Sullivan, he, he still finds himself falling into the gap and he's been doing this, teaching this for 30 years, 30 plus years. And so it's, it's like any skill that we're trying to develop. It's we're aware of, of the, the gap in the gain. And now you can start practicing, implementing it, um, and just be patient and give yourself some time, give yourself some grace. A lot of G words going around here. <laughs> Yeah. Are any of you guys familiar with the work of uh, Neville Goddard? No. Okay. Mm. Never mind. <laughs> you don't want to enlighten us? Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's a lot, but he, that's his, his thing. He talks about that, that state between awake and asleep is when your subconscious is the most uh, susceptible to be uh, influenced. So you use your imagination during that time, which... Same thing they're talking about. You write down what your wins will be for tomorrow. It, literally, as you're starting to fall asleep and magic happens. It's nothing short of that. It really does. And that's how you start to make those changes. It's one one tool that they give you in the book to start to to change your mindset if you're if you're stuck in the gap most of the that's time. That's when your mind's in a theta state, right? Isn't that what it's called? I don't I don't know the fancy brainwave terms. I just know it's it's when it's prime. That's all matters, right? That's, I think in terms of steak, so it's it's prime and ready to, ready to grill. So I, I wanted to kind of keep going, Chaz, with where you were at, what you were talking about, because, you know, the Bearded Mindset Project is really about that practical application and how how we do it. And, and I think that we all have a little different variance of self-awareness. Like some people are very aware when they're when they're slipping into a gap or a gain mindset, and for some people, they they don't see themselves that way or they can't catch that and feel that. And I'm just curious, amongst us, all of us guys here, do we uh, can we all really quickly recognize that? Is it easy to recognize, or is it by the time it gets way down the road, then we realize what we've done all day long? I'm just curious how self aware we are of that that mindset and where we're at. I know like for me it, right now it's it's like uh, I I'm able to pinpoint it pretty quickly, but it depends on how big my pride is at that moment, whether I do something about it or not. <laughs> but I, I'm able to see it quick, but sometimes figuring out the gain is is difficult. 
Well, and that, that probably is a big piece of it though, right? Like once you start recognizing it, then you know that, and that, and you know that that's not where you want to be. Maybe, especially with goal writing, things like that, you just naturally start to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Chaz, go ahead, buddy. No, I was, I was agreeing. I, I think finding that gain is, is the tricky thing. I think, you know, it's on my mind yet, but it's one thing to, to know something and it's a totally different thing to implement it into my life and into the way that I operate. You know, I think of like my interactions with my children. I, I think, oh yeah, I got to have this, this gain, get this gain mindset, you know, and, and then my children will do something that just completely ticks me off and, and feels disrespectful or, or just like nobody's paying any attention. And, and there I go from zero to a hundred, you know, and it's like, I know I shouldn't, but like in that moment, it's so hard to stop myself and find that gain. Yeah, I totally feel that. I know the one thing that's that has helped me more recently than anything, whenever that kind of stuff happens to me, is is when I I fall into the gap with my kids, especially my son Bradley. Yeah, he's probably the one that can push me there the easiest. I I I'm I'm starting to build a shift my mindset back into the game by, you know, leaning more towards uh, what JD was saying with gratitude that, you know, he's here, he's with me. He's still in my house with me. He's still hanging out with me. He's still my little buddy. He's still like running around being a kid and turning, you know, that being grateful that he's still here with me and not moved out of the house and not grown up. Like that's something recently for me has been a huge, a huge uh, help and benefit for me, especially dealing with um, hard times with my kids when they're just being jerks or whatever, or they're leaving stuff out, making messes and things like that. I'm, I'm like they're they're not gonna be in my house forever. They're eventually gonna move out, and I don't look forward to that day. So I that's been helping me to quickly turn my mind back into the game and be like, I'm grateful that they're here to be able to even make this mess because eventually they're going to be gone. And then the mess isn't going to be here for, to remind me that they're here and healthy and hanging out with me and stuff. So. Yeah. And I I think, I think an important concept in what you're saying that I have found with trying to implement any, any new way of thinking or, or behaving is that it has to be a deliberate thing like like to to stop and look for the gains to to express that gratitude it, it can't just be oh yeah i'm grateful for him i'm you know i'm glad he's still in my house i'm glad he's still here and moving on like it has to almost be like a pause in a in a very cognitive like what am i you know what is the gain here what is in in making a, a real effort to do that um and that's what actually starts to change like if i if i don't take the time to do that then it you know i just i steamroll it mentally and and move on and and then i don't really change for the next time yeah i mean that's that's exactly how it is for me like i i'm not just like boom done it's over and now i'm in the game it's it's totally a cognitive thing that i have to like pause and readdress my thoughts and adjust my thinking and then move forward with 
with being in the game set. You know, something that's really powerful with that though, is that, uh, and I, I loved this principle and you don't get to this till later on in the book, but the ability to rewrite history, you know, your thoughts and your experiences are your own. And if you miss that opportunity where you don't catch yourself, you still have that reflection time at nighttime to look back on that. And, and maybe, maybe you look at it and, and it puts you in the gap, but then you start to think, man, I sure am grateful for that. And what did I learn from that? And, and how do I grow from that? Or next time, what, what can I do differently? And before you know it, you've completely turned that, that experience from a negative gap experience into a positive learning experience so that the next time it hits you, you're not just doing the same thing. You're doing something new because you're pre-programmed to do that now. And so I think it takes a lot of those little tiny experiences to add up to that being into that muscle memory pre-programmed state to start automatically going there. But, but I think that's how, I think that's the benefit of, of this kind of thinking and that assessment, like JD was talking about the, the three goals, but just looking back and measuring backwards all the time so that we can pull out positive experiences, learning experiences out of those negative ones. So you, you mentioned something, um, that, that struck my, my mind um about that rewriting history and i i'll be honest i have not read i haven't finished reading the book and i'm trying not to be in the gap about that but uh i it it, it strikes me because i don't know if this is what it means but but there's been many times that i've that i have had to quite literally ask for a redo um, you know, if I'm, if I'm going back and, and referring again to my, my children, or this has even happened with people at work, if I, you know, fly off the handle at somebody because I make some assumptions and, and my assumptions are wrong, I have to go back and say, look, that's not, I'm sorry for the way that I treated you. And that's not the way that I want to treat people. Like, can I, can I redo that? Can we, can we, can I tell you what I really want to say in this instance? And I never experienced that growing up from any, any adult in my life. And I'm, I'm only hopeful that, you know, my kids are going to see that I am not a perfect person. I mean, that's, that's obvious, but at least they can also see that I'm willing to come back and own my mistakes and, and try to try to make it right and admit to them that like I messed up and I, I reacted poorly and, and, this is this is not who I want to be, and so I want to I want to treat you the way that I believe you you deserve to be treated. And I don't know if that's what they mean by rewrite history, but but that's been something that I've been trying to implement over the last couple of years, and it's I think it's brought a lot of healing, honestly, into the lives of my own children, and and uh, has helped me to be more accountable to my own actions rather than saying, oh, you know, feeling later like you're saying in bed and thinking, oh man, I really mess that up and kind of feeling guilty and making resolutions to do better the next time, but actually going back and, and trying to make it right. I think that's a better version of, I mean, anytime you have an opportunity to do that, that I think, I think what he refers to as times too distant past. Cause I I'll tell you, there's lots of things that I look way back on that were 10 years ago that I really can't do anything about right now. And, and how, what's the, what's the self-talk around that event? You know, what, what, what you gain from it and so many things can be you know written in a positive or negative light but i like that a lot um guys why don't we dive in a little bit because i think that there were there were key points like that like the rewriting history that were kind of kind of scattered all throughout this book 
Um, and one of the very first ones, which I found very interesting because it's language that we use in, in my relationship, you know, trying to determine, okay, is that a need or a want? And, and he defined this in a way that was very different way that I've never really thought of before, you know, and, and, and teaching you to go after the wants instead of the needs. Um, who wants to take this one? Well, can I start? Oh, go ahead, John. John, go ahead, buddy. Uh, this, I loved this, this section of the book. The, the, first of all, the, the, uh, let me look at it real quick. Cause I, I mean, it is so different from what I was taught growing up, you know, like in a religious yeah. background, you have, you know, I guess it's just looked at like, you know, asking for what you need and, and putting your wants, your, you know, worldly wants aside, you know, that like worldly things are bad needs are, are necessities and, and you can ask for those things. Um, the, in the book, it talked about obsessive passions, um, which I felt like kind of tied in that. And it just, um, yeah, it's so different to me, but like, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's okay to have these wants and it's okay to pursue those, but not at the expense of staying in the present. You know, that's kind of what I, I pulled from that. And, but like that whole section, just like, it hit me hard that like, man, this is, this is something I feel like I can apply in my own life to try to progress forward in my career. Um, you know, just there's things that I've wanted in my life throughout my life that I have always felt like, oh, well, I can't have that because that's a worldly thing. And, and that's vain to want to have nice things in my life, you know, um, where really this is talking about, no, like that's perfectly fine, but not at the expense of, being present and, and, you know, don't lose sight of, you know, gratitude, you know, what you have now, look at where I am. Cause I mean, if I really, even if I'm comparing myself to my, my dad, for example, I'm way farther ahead financially and, and just in my life in general than my dad was when he was 40. So I'm, I'm progressing and I, and I, and I can be grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good way of measuring yourself backwards, but let's dive in a little bit more on the need versus the want JD, like, like that, that principle to me still doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's fleshed out enough. Anybody else well, want to add on to that? Can I say something? So he talks about in there how so many people, like we, we, we want things, but we have to, we feel like we have to justify to the world why it is we want this or why yeah, we deserve it. I should say, it's like, you know, and then he mentions you know, a lot of the rich folks, they have all this money, but then they have to go start a charity or something to, to prove to everybody else that, oh, they're doing good with their money, that, you know, they, you can't just want something to want it. And that's a, I found that that was interesting. It's an interesting concept because it's true. It's like, you're like, well, yeah, I want to build this big business so that I can help a lot of people. Right. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but you, it seems like society wants you to add that extra in there. And if you don't, you come off as being selfish or self-centered or something like that. Um, but he was just talking about the sometimes just go for it because you want it, just want it and be okay with wanting it because that's what you want. Um, and that is, that is a very, that can be a difficult thing to do. It really can with the, with the way that we condition in society. So, all right, so let me see if I can just rephrase this then. So if we're talking about the unhealthy need that they reference here, the need is established because of a comparison outside of ourselves. 
Is that is that how you guys would is that how you define it? Is that why it's off? And the want is just something that you want by yourself, not looking at anybody else outside of you. Well, and I think it's turning it's it's all these things, but it's it's turning something that you you do want into like a need. So like I want to ha- I want a million dollars in my bank account. I don't have that right now. But if I turn that want of a million dollars in my bank account to a need to where I feel like I need that to be happy, like right now I'd be absolutely miserable because I am very far away from having a million dollars in my bank. And so if I'm focusing on on the lack of money in my bank account that I'm saying I need this in my bank to be happy, to to feel fulfilled or whatever, then... I'm, I'm not, that's, that's not going to make me happy, that but if I'm in the game, it, well, that puts me thinking about it that way. puts me in the gap. The game Sorry, would be, I want, I want a million dollars in the bank. And so I'm going to look at, at where I started. And then it goes back to just the very basic principles of the gap in the game. Look where I started of, of when I started that goal of getting a million dollars in the bank and where I am now and look at that progression rather than doing 1 million minus my bank account total and see bank account balance and seeing where I'm at, seeing how much more I have left to go. Focusing on that need for something that's not really a, not actually a need, that's, that is detrimental. But once again, it's, it's all in comparison to that ideal, right? It is. So that's what you're saying is like, you take it even, a, and I you do it, we do it to it ourselves. It doesn't the, having the need pulls you into that game or pulls you into that gap. Into right? gap. <laughs> yeah. Having the like need pulls you into the gap. Yeah. I know I, I did that all the time when I was trying to explain this to my wife, she was so confused <laughs> <laughs> mixing those up. Doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, well, I think maybe that goes, that's like, like, again, our society, we think of, these two principles, wants and needs, in a reverse way that, like, if I want it, then I must be in a gap. And if I need it, that means a gain. When it's really saying it's the other way around. And when, when you reverse that, you know, and focus on, again, I guess just come back to that present. Like, if I'm, if I have that want and I'm working towards it, but count measuring myself backwards. Then I'm in the gain and it might actually make it more realistic and more possible for us to meet those goals and, and to achieve our our desires. And then that way you're enjoying the journey. Yeah, and a perfect yeah, example of this point. was a perfect example of this is right in the beginning of the book too, with him talking about I think the dude's name is Dan Jansen. Yeah, yes, the speed skater. Yeah, the speed skater, Dan Jansen, about mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. spent his whole career went to the Olympics multiple times, never won gold until his last race when he was ready to go do his race. And then all of a sudden he shifted his mindset to how grateful he was with everything that he did and how many times he was able to go and compete at the Olympics and the performance he's been able to do. And his whole mind shift changed to where he looked at all of his progression. And so his confidence soared through the roof, which allowed him to perform at this insane level to where he went and broke a world record and won the gold for his last race i mean it's such an awesome awesome story well because the first time in his career he was 100 
present in that race. He was not thinking about, I have to win and projecting to the future and living in that gap in front of him. Even though it was a short gap, that was the first time he ever was 100% present as he raced. Yeah. And JD, I think you get into a, a deeper thing that we'll probably get in next month's book with, with that, <laughs> with that thinking that you're talking about there. I, well, you know, that section that, and I love it, that section right there really feels, and it's, but that's a truth, JD. You, I'm not, I'm, I think that's awesome. But that section, I think he was talking, wasn't he talking about like external reference points and how to be self-determined. And if I can't, I'm, I'm just thinking back on that right now, but talking about, I just remember the external reference points are the things that, that we, that we grab onto and we try and shoot for that. We can never, you know, we, we never find success and happiness because that external reference point is what we're gauging ourselves to, you know, and for Dan Jansen, it was getting that gold medal and everything was about that. He was, and, and, and the flip of that was was like JD said, he was living in the now, but he, but it also went to go on to describe his gratitude because his mind shift was living in the now, but it was very present, but it was also the measuring backwards where he was like, so grateful for the things that he had accomplished in his, in his career and all the work that he had done and all of those things. And it really, it really, he created his own self-determined point uh, of happiness. Um, and he, he wasn't worried about that external reference anymore. He just, he just, did what he loved and and he ended up breaking a world record which is amazing it's amazing yeah. what you do when you put your whole heart and soul into something isn't it yeah going, you, real quick just going back to what you were talking about with the wanting if you read between the lines there it seems like uh sullivan is saying a lot of people don't really know what they truly want they're they're living by the expectations of what they think other people are wanting for them or what they think they should want I, he doesn't come out and say that but if you if as, as i listen to that that's 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 the lesson i think he's trying to teach us there is you got to know what you want too because you you, you have to, and you have to want it for yourself because if you live other people's lives you're going to end up having a life that is not going to be fulfilling it's going to be a lot easier to stay in the gap than the game if you're um, living up to other people's expectations of you yeah. my little tangent there no, that, that reminded me of the the football player they talked about there you know and how the world you know the um you know color professional football player that had amazing success and when it came time for him to pursue a professional career he'd made the point that like if something happened to me tomorrow where i could no longer play i'd still be happy because i don't need football to be happy you know, and, and the whole like media, everybody was like, well, this guy's got it all wrong. You know, if if he can't be 100 percent obsessed to the point where like football means everything and anything. And if if the, if there's no football, then there's no life, then he'll never be successful in a, in a professional career. And he ended up having to like clarify. It's like, no, like I, I love football and I, I'll give 100 percent to football as long as I can, because I do want to to have a wonderful career in that. But if the, I mean, the point is, is that if something happened where I could not have it, that's not going to destroy my life. I still have a happy life with what I have. I've had a, an enjoyable experience to this point. Um, it, I, I think I just have seen that in my whole life. Like, it's like, well, if I don't get to this certain goal, like, am I going to be happy? When it's like, you just yeah. completely forget about like, 
the experiences you've had even working towards that. And it's just Trevor Lawrence how stuck it out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One thing I thought was really cool. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when when he won the um, uh, one of the, one of the playoff games as a Jaguar, uh, Trevor Lawrence, the the media made fun of him because that next morning he was at a Waffle House eating breakfast. You guys, you guys remember that? No. Because so, he's from he's from Florida, you know, and uh, Waffle House is on every corner. If you've ever been to Florida, but because it's like a. a a poor man's plates to eat and they the media was making fun of the fact that trevor lawrence was sitting there at waffle house eating breakfast after winning this big playoff game i think it was last year it was last year so waffle house is one of the best restaurants in the world just saying <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the sponsorship going already <laughs> i love waffle house i could seriously eat there every day yeah and that that just alludes to his personality. Like John was saying, you know, it, he doesn't care what anybody thinks that's what he loves. Right. And so he just went and did it. He it, it wasn't trying to live up to some standard that people had set for him, uh, which goes right back to what Sullivan's talking about. You don't, you don't, you've got to learn to live what you want, live the life you want to live. And that's how you're going to spend more time in the game. Um, so just thinking back more on some of the, the deeper dives on the book, um chapter three the compound effects of the gap in the gain and uh and do you guys and chaz maybe this is something like like what you were talking about as you as you start to live in either of those it quickly you you start to feel it you it quickly compounds and it feels like it sucks you in more and more when you have gap thinking it feeds on itself when you're when you're being around people that are in the game and you start to you you know you 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 start to communicate the way that they do you start to think that way and it's it's contagious it starts to build itself but have you guys noticed that how 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 one mindset or the other it really can pull you in that direction like some days you wake up and you're just in one spot and it's easy to go that way and the other another day you go the other direction have you felt that yeah, I, and, I have absolutely. I think one of the, you know, they they talk a little bit about it at the end of the book. Um, I don't remember talking about it too much towards the middle, but I've also have seen, um, you know, a lot of stuff about when you first wake up really sets like the mood of your day. Like if you wake up, you turn over, and I'm very very guilty of doing this, but rolling over, grabbing my phone, and jumping on Instagram, like. If that's the first thing that I do in the morning, I am setting myself up to to not really have a very productive day. You're gonna have a gap day. Yeah, um, I'm more likely to have that gap day. But if I wake up, roll out of bed, drink some water, do a little bit of exercise, meditation, read some self help, self improvement book stuff, you know, and do some of these things to to quickly better my life right at the beginning of my day, then that's just setting up your whole day to be in a completely different mindset and completely different mood for, for, and, and, um, put you on this trajectory to just have a better day. Yeah. And I think that, I think, I think that same section was what JD started talking about initially with the three daily wins. And just recording that too, like it goes hand in hand, like the night before, if you can take that moment to ponder on the day, 
And, uh, and then when you, and then setting your wins for the next day, plan three wins. When you wake up, you're ready to just roll right into that. Cause if you don't have a plan, then that's what you do, isn't it? You just roll over and you do what you want to do, which, you know, your body or, you know, your, your mental state might be like, Oh, let's check out Instagram, you know, while I just lay here in bed. But if you have those wins that you're going to go attack and you're ready to do it, it's like, okay, let's wake up, let's get going, let's do it. And it helps you get into that role. Social media is super gap. <laughs> it's like that it, it, it is a gap. That's all it is. And so it, it's difficult to spend much time on there without falling into the gap because it's all about comparisons. So yeah, it's just, just an observation. Well, that's probably the compound effect right there. They are really weighing. They're strategically recognizing the compound effect of the gap and knows that know that it's addictive to stay in that spot and keep comparing and keep comparing and go down that that hole even further is it, is it in this book where he says if you're not paying for the product you are the product yeah mm -hmm. yeah it matches that yeah. yeah so in social media the product is a is is your shift of mind of mindset or something like that right like mm -hmm. perception your your shift they're trying to sh subtly shift your perception then you're wants and desires and that is the product you know i can i can attest to that i i uh decided to get off of all social media a couple years ago and along with that any sort of uh like news feeds and and what and 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 you could call me uninformed and and whatever you want to i i used to get into political debate quite a bit and uh i realized one day it's like this is this is just robbing me of a lot of my peace in life, a lot of my happiness. Like I'm having arguments with people that I hardly know and they're not changing their minds. I'm not changing my mind and all I'm doing is just getting pissed off. And, and so I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to stop following the news and the politics and the negativity that's in the news. And I'm going to get off social media. And I have never looked back, honestly, like it, has done more for me to get into the game. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but now I can ref frame of reference that that put me so much more in the game than just about anything I've ever done. Really, social media is a is it like you said? It's a huge. It's Satan. <laughs> no, it's hard because I I feel that I feel that all the time and i set i chaz i try and set those goals too but being a adhd web developer yeah that's the thing it's not for everybody and there's I, a lot of good that social media is being used for but well it's the political world. stuff that gets you going i mean i i that i get sucked right back into it and i'm like no it makes me miserable i mean i there's sometimes on my watch i'll see my stress just go bing <laughs> and I, and, and I've got to like turn it off and I have to take a 10 minutes and do the breathing exercises and, you know, to try and get back into it. And it, it takes a lot from you. It's and for stupid. what I know, I know it's so stupid, but yet I still do it again. <laughs> I don't learn my well, first, first thing is to recognize, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I recognize all my faults very easily. <laughs> it's yeah. Anyway, um all right guys so we've i think we've hit we've we've hit this book up pretty good is there anything else that stands out that we want to dive into can i i just had one more thing that's been you know i think throughout our conversation um we talked about you know 
learning to recognize, you know, and I felt like in the book they talked about how, you know, tools that we can we can use to recognize. I think we talked a little bit about them, but the one I kept coming back to was the uh, the soccer team. They had the female soccer team um, back in I think it was the early '80s that um, college, you know, college level, um, you know, the, nobody was really had really played so these they put together a team with unexperienced people and the first half of the season they they just got whooped every single week and the coach would have them like he, he timed it like you get five minutes to to feel depressed about this but we're gonna during that five minutes we're gonna try to find a couple positives what like what did we gain from that and then the next 20 maybe i got that wrong but like the next 20 minutes was was designated to to some more or thought um but after i think it was about 40 minutes it was just like we're done we're not talking about that or even looking back on it ever again um we're going to look forward to practice this week and we're going to you know and that process it took you know about half the season for it to really take effect and then they ended up winning the, the second half of their season um and then one of those players you know had forgot but she started a business and down the road you know kind of got caught up in the gain or sorry the gap and uh um you know somehow something was said where it reminded her of of that practice of you know pausing long enough to give yourself time to feel bad about it and then taking a moment to kind of find some positives and some gains and then move forward and as soon as she started doing that her business and the team that she was working with had leaps and bounds of success just by having that that simple practice put into place and so i, I kind of just felt like you know one of the things that maybe we we ought to start discussing as we review this book is is you know how how do we implement these things what exercises do we take because they're not going to be automatic you have to consciously stop and think but you know the the three wins that's that's an exercise that helps you make the change and then apply it in your life and what else what else can we do to to keep ourselves in the game or, or you know put ourselves back in the game because none of us can stay in the game a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. Well, that's good. And that, that maybe brings us to a, a good, a good point of, of how do we take these things and apply it in our lives? And so, um, so maybe, maybe just go around and, and just like after our conversation, um, what do you guys want to continue doing or focus on this next week? Um, and then maybe next week we can talk a little bit about it, what you guys have done, what you found success with, if it made a difference for you. And so, um, so Christian, why don't you start us off? Yeah, well, I want to focus on doing the, the, um, the three, the three wins at night and what the three wins I'm going to be shooting for, for the next day. Um, that's, I, my mornings are absolutely terrible. And so I, I need to focus on get something to direct my attention to trying to do something different in the morning rather than just rolling over and grabbing my phone first thing. So I'm going to be focusing on uh, doing the, the three journaling, the three wins for the day, every day at nighttime, right before bed and, and what I'm going to win the next day. Yeah, good. JD, how about you? Mm -hmm. well, I'm definitely going to keep doing the three uh, wins 
And sometimes I cheat too. If I know I'm like, I have something planned and I'm, I know I'm going to do it anyway, I'll put it on there as a win because then I already have like the pump prime. So, and I did nothing wrong with that. It's my, it's my thing. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. so, and Sullivan talks like that a lot in the book too. You know, when they're doing the discussions, like it, it's my, it's my memories. I can do with them what I want. So, um, the, another thing I, I live in my head a lot. Like I'm always, thinking, analyzing. So I find I've already found myself since reading this, listening to this book three or four times that like every situation I find myself, in, I'm like, Oh, I'm in a gap. And so I'll, I'll pull myself out. Um, but that's just, that just requires constant vigilance. So when, but I'm, I'm okay with that. That's what I do. Um, it's just the way I live right now. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing that. And uh, one thing Christian that I've done, um, I got an accountability partner. I was, I was down in Texas with meeting some other business owners and, as I, I put this goal in place, I want to meditate every morning first thing, uh, at least 20 minutes of like a guided meditation. And so I got an accountability partner to to text me, or I have to text him when I have done it every day. And so um, today I just texted him day 12, but I have to have a, um, a consequence to don't do it. And so if I don't do it, I, go, I can't eat the next day. And I like eating. So. <laughs> I'm not going to miss out. <laughs> so it's not so much putting, having an accountability partner can definitely help and say, hey, that you just check in with once a day um and then put a consequence in place that you don't that you won't that you won't like and that's like that's a good motivation so uh oh we just lose john looks like it yeah we just lost john we did. Okay. he was getting scared he didn't want to have to report in tell us what he was going <laughs> to do <laughs> right, Chad, you take us from there i you know i think for me um self-monitoring has become a, a pretty important part of my, my day. Um, and I, I can speak more to that later, but I think for me, I just want to add this to my, add this to that, to that process of, you know, checking in with myself throughout the day. Am I, am I in the gap or am I in the gain on, on, on whatever it is I'm dealing with? I think they spoke about how you, you can only be one or the other. You can't be in the gap and in the gain on, on, any particular situation. And I think some, sometimes it's a little ambiguous. I think it's sometimes it's a little hard to tell where we are, if we are at, in the gap or in the gain in, in certain situations. And so I think just by, by taking the time to really think about it and, and monitor it and then, and then, you know, proactively, um, try to remedy any of those gaps that I'm in, as we're talking about, um, finding the positive and, and all these things, I think that's, um, so, so critical and just something I want to try to implement as I, as I go about my week. Yeah. Cool. John, do you want to tell us what we thought you bombed out? Cause you were scared to, to share with us what you want to do for the week, but what are you thinking, man? What do you want to do? This I, wish week? I wish I had recognized that opportunity when it was in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, I mean, for me, I kind of just going on with what Chaz had mentioned that like, I have a hard time recognizing it, that like I'm either one way or the other. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's the first step is, is learning to identify, oh, this is a, this is a gap or a gain thought process. But then I want to, I want to try to dive a little deeper with the, with what that coach was teaching, you know, like have a, a physical exercise. I don't know if you say it physical, but a mental exercise of, you know, I'm going to stop and I'm going to give myself five minutes to fill that loss. And then 
maybe spend 20 minutes trying to recognize the gains. And then once I've, you know, kind of worked that process, uh, you know, I want to try to leap forward and, and just move on and not allow myself to go back into a, a gap mentality in that particular situation or, or memory. Um, but yeah, I think for me anyway, it would be step one is, is recognizing, learning to recognize how, how easily I slip into a gap or gain. So, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I was thinking of another story in the book that we didn't really touch on. And I don't, I don't even remember what it was related to specifically, but he was talking about the British rowing team and how they created a filter that they would just push and anything they did, they just asked, does this help us? Does this help us get faster? Does this help us row faster? And so guys going to a party the night before, does this help me row faster? Nope. Check out done, you know, and, and, um, and so, so for me, I've, I've, I've had, you know, there's some things that I, I put on my list of things that I want to focus on, um, that I just asked, is this, does this experience, you know, is this achieve my goals? And, and so that right away helps me to assess. And usually my reaction to things, whether it's gap or gain, I find that it's very present for me because I'm in my head a lot too. And, and so being able to ask myself, because maybe I have a reaction, I can assess where am I at, and then I quickly, I quickly try and turn it around. Um, but then, once again, the the three rules and the assessment at nighttime, just looking back on the day and and taking a moment to to try and capture some of those moments so I can learn from them. Um, so that's that's kind of what kind of what I'm after. So. All right, guys. So this is uh, we call this a project because we are the project. We all have different places in our lives. We're not all on the same exact level and and where we feel successful at. Some of us, some of us are you know are way up there, and others might not be. At least that's how we feel inside. But that's what we're working towards. And so this this whole podcast and and this whole project is to to show everybody to join with everybody else and 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 seeing how it works out for us and so so we would love to uh to hear any feedback or comments that that you guys might have so please post those below um in the comment section and and just think about that are you in the gap of the game any concluding thoughts guys or is that it for us that's it all right guys well it was fun and we will uh, we will meet next week and and talk about it again. So see you later. We're out.